Hello everyone, welcome to Summit Church Fenton. I'm so glad you've joined me today. I look forward to sharing the Word of God with you. Last week we started a series on the spirit realm. And uh, the reason I'm teaching on this, as I said last week, is just to make people aware that there really is a spiritual realm. You know, uh, all of us are aware of the natural realm, but uh, there's a spiritual realm, there's a spirit realm, and uh, so many people are just not aware of it, including Christians. And and, uh, it's very sad, but uh, we must be aware and know that there is a spiritual realm, and the spiritual realm is really more real than the natural realm. And I said much about that last week. And so if you missed last week's message, I want to encourage you to go back into our archives and listen to that. I think it'll be helpful to you. And so I'm not going to take a a whole bunch of time to review today what I said last week, because you can go on the archives and get caught up. But uh, uh, the spiritual realm is very, very real, and we need to be aware of it. Now, last week, I talked about the fact that God is a spirit being and said much about that. And I also talked about the fact that human beings are spiritual beings or spirit beings. Remember, we as human beings, we are a spirit. We possess a soul and we live in a physical body. And again, said much about that last week. So go to our archives. You can get caught up on that. Again, I think it'll be helpful to you, interesting and do you good if you miss that. Uh, What I want to do today is I want to begin talking about angels, the angelic uh, beings that God created. I want to talk to you about about them. And actually, I feel like the Holy Spirit wants me to make the, the central focus of this series about angels. And then after that, to say some things about uh, demons and the demonic world and whatnot. And uh, just to inform you, you know, the Bible says that if we're not informed as it pertains to the devil's devices, that uh, that he can take advantage of us. And so I don't want anyone to be taken advantage of by the devil. So we'll uh, we'll say some things later on, weeks weeks down the road about uh, about demons and, and whatnot. Uh, again, I spend most of my time talking about God, running with God, staying close to him. And uh, but but, you know, at times we need to say some things about the devil and demons. It's important that we understand how uh, you know they operate and so on and so forth so that they don't they're not able to take advantage of us and get the better of us. So so today let's begin talking about angels. Go in your Bibles with me, if you would, to Hebrews, the first chapter, the book of Hebrews, the first chapter and the 14th verse. The Bible says, are they not all, now this is talking about angels, are they not all ministering spirits? So that tells us a lot right there about angels. Angels are very real. And uh, I'll say more about them as we go. This whole session today is going to be on angels and we'll continue with it as we go. But are they not all ministering spirits? So what do we learn here? That, that all the angels, all angels, they're, they're spirit beings. They're spirit beings. And remember we said to you last week about the spiritual realm. It's invisible. It's, it, it's real, but it's invisible to us as we live our lives here on the earth. Of course, we, we, we understand about the natural realm. We can see the natural realm. We can feel the natural realm, smell the natural realm, hear the natural realm, taste the natural realm. But it's not so with the things of the, the spiritual realm. But yet the spiritual realm is real and it's really more real than the natural realm as I brought out last week. Um, but we need to realize that that the spiritual realm is invisible. You can't see it, but it's, it's really, really there. And you can only see it if the Lord allows you to through uh what we brought out last week, the gift of the Spirit seen in first, the book of 1 Corinthians. There's nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. I believe it's in 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter, but one of them is called the discerning of spirits. And, uh, you know, sometimes we see in the Bible where the Lord would open the eyes of someone and they were able to see into the spiritual realm and they were astounded by the things that they saw. And uh, uh, like we saw last week with Elisha and his servant, and and they were surrounded, remember, by the enemy army. And, 
And Elisha said to his young servant, don't worry, there's more that be with us than those that be with them. And of course, Elisha was looking at it from the spiritual perspective. His servant was looking at it from the natural perspective. And from the natural perspective, they were in trouble. They were surrounded by the enemy and going to be taken captive, maybe killed and whatnot. But uh, Elisha was looking at it from the spiritual side, his servant looking at it from the natural side, much to be alarmed about if you look at it from that side. But Elisha, remember, looked at the situation from the spiritual side, and he knew that there were more with more good guys than bad guys. And he asked the Lord to open the eyes of the young man, and God did. And that discerning of spirits went into operation, and the servant's eyes were opened, and he was able to see over into the realm of the spirit. And he saw chariots of fire and and, and the warring angels there, and, and they came to the, to the rescue of Elisha and his servant. So spiritual realm is very real. We can't see it, uh, but it's there. <laughs> Believe me, it's there. The Bible says it's there. Absolutely, it's there, and, but it's invisible. And so that's what throws people off. You can't, they can't see it, so they think it isn't there, but it really, really is. So angels are spirit beings. They're there even though you can't see them. And they're ministering spirits, ministering spirits, and they're there to minister. Notice what it says. They're all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for those who will inherit salvation. And so notice they're there to minister on behalf of those who will inherit salvation. So that indicates to me that the angels are operating on our behalf even before we get saved. Absolutely. They're operating on our behalf even before we get saved. Now, that, that's good news. I'm convinced that, that in many people's lives, you know, when, when people were sinners, ranked sinners before they came, became Christians and were living crazy, wild lifestyles, uh, that, that the angels oftentimes kept those people alive you know, and protected them until they, until they came to the Lord Jesus Christ and got saved. So thank God for the angels. They're there and they're working on, they're working on, on behalf of people before they get saved and certainly after they get saved. And so, and I'm convinced and, and may get into this as we go a bit deeper, but I'm convinced every, uh, every uh, believer, every person on the earth has a guardian angel or more, po quite possibly more than one. And uh, those angels stick with us. I, I personally believe everyone has at least two guardian angels. Uh, that's, what I, that's what I personally believe. I, I also believe that when God calls a, a, a church or a ministry, I believe that he, he sets angels over that church and over that ministry to uh, to work on behalf of that ministry and and protect it and uh, help make it effective and uh, and so on and so forth. But I believe everyone has at least two. I just think everyone has at least. That's my personal opinion. Opinions are like noses. Almost everybody has one. But but I think it's clear in the Bible that everyone has a guardian angel. And I think every I think everyone has at least two, maybe more. But uh, th th those angels are there. And, and they stick with us. They, you know, the Bible talks about uh, young young children. Jesus talked about young children having angels, and uh, and so forth. I won't get into all of that, but uh, you can read it in your your New Testament. And uh, and and I don't believe we lose our angels just because we grow up. And I believe our angels stick right there with us all the way until we uh, you know we 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 die. And uh, as Christians, we brought this out last week from Luke the sixteenth chapter. We die as Christians, our spirit leaves our body, our bodies are dead, but our spirits leave our body, and those guardian angels are there to take us into the presence of God. And so thank God for the angels. And notice here, that was Hebrews 1.14, but notice Hebrews 2 and 3. Hebrews 2 and 3. How, and then it says this, it says, How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? Now, it's interesting as you look at this verse, yes, without question, it's, it's making reference to the great salvation that the Lord Jesus Christ provided for us 
through his uh, you know virgin birth and his sinless life and his death on the cross and his burial and his resurrect and his resurrection and his precious shed blood and you know as we place our faith in him you know we're saved from a devil's hell we miss hell and make heaven and how shall we escape hell if we neglect so great of salvation that the Lord Jesus Christ has provided for us through his through his death, burial, and resurrection. And certainly, that's what I think primarily this is talking about. But you could also make a real good argument because of the context in which this verse is found. Because in in uh, just a couple of verses before this, in Hebrews 1.14, we t- talks, the Bible talks about how the angels are all ministering spirits and they're sent forth to minister for those who will inherit salvation. And then just a few verses later, it talks about how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation. And I think you could make an argument that this could also be talking about the, the salvation of the, the, the ministering spirits, the angels of God. And, and how shall we escape? I could put it this way. How shall we escape the treacheries that are here upon the earth? If you haven't guessed by now, the earth is not the safest place to live in. It really isn't. And, uh, and, and so how shall we escape the, the treacherous things that, that are here on the earth, how shall we escape those if we neglect the, the great uh, salvation that the angels uh, provide for us? Uh, how shall we escape the, the dangers of this earth if we neglect the, the, minist- the, the, minist- the ministry that the angels have toward us? And sad to say, sad to say, so many, you know, are not aware of the ministry of angels, and I'm talking even Christians. They're just not aware of it. And that's one of the reasons, again, that I'm teaching this series is to make you aware that angels are real. They're there. They're invisible. You can't see them, but but they're there. And uh, how shall we escape if we neglect their ministry? So let's be aware of their ministry. Now, I understand that we can be ignorant that the angels aren't even working for us, and they do work for us. I understand that. But as we go through this series, we'll, series, we'll see that there are things that we can do to put ourselves in a position where the angels will uh, will, will operate on our behalf uh, uh, more so. I guess I could put it that way. We'll see one of them here today. Things we can do to... Uh, uh, to, to put ourselves in a situation or position whereby the angels would be, uh, would, would, would be, uh, I don't want to say more active, but I don't know how, a better way to say it, that they'd be, 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 be more so active on our behalf. And so just stick with me in this series and I think it'll, it'll help you. But how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? You know, the angels are there to protect us. And, uh, and I can tell you, you know, in my life, I could give you several examples over the last, uh, you know, uh, five decades, going on almost six now, how the angels have helped me and protected me and, uh, and my wife. I could give you some examples. And, uh, but you know, the angels are not only there to protect us from things happening to us, bad things happening to us, but, uh, you know, they're also there I think to sometimes to protect us from hurting other people. I'll give you a, a, a testimony of uh, what happened some some years back. Just just not that many years ago, my wife and I we uh, we went. Uh, I guess it was on our thirtieth wedding anniversary. About three years ago, we went on vacation, and we went out to the west, and we uh, we went out and looked at some of the national parks out there, and it is very nice. And went to Zion National Park and some other things, but. We happened to, to uh, fly into Las Vegas, and uh, don't worry, I didn't do any gambling or anything there. <laughs> but I tell you what, that's a bizarre place at Las Vegas, I'll tell you for sure. And uh, But we were there, and we were going through some of those hotels, and I walked through some of the gambling casinos. <laughs> I just want to see what they look like. And... Uh, <laughs> Oh, little boy, he lost a lot of money on one of them tables. But I was, I was watching him. I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna gamble. I, I tell you, that's a fool's errand going in there with money. I tell you what, you'll, you'll get fleeced. Uh, uh, but anyway, but we were in those hotels. I tell you, they got some good food. I'd never eaten duck wings before, and man, I tell you, that one restaurant had duck wings. I mean, you talk about good. That's good stuff. Anyway, but here's the thing. 
we were we were uh, driving around. And I tell you what, it's there's a lot of people out on the streets, and and so we had a rented car, and we had gone into this one. Uh, uh, we drove up to this one uh, uh, hotel, and I don't know, we needed to ask directions or something. And Diane went in, and I don't know what happened. She went in, and asked some directions. She came out, got in the car, and we drove down to the to the back to the road, and we came and we stopped, and uh, we I, st- I was driving and stopped the car. And there's a lot of people around, but it was clear. It was clear. It was real clear. And all I can tell you is when I say clear, there's nobody in front of me stopped at the stop sign. And, and I, 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 I looked, you know, like you're supposed to, I did all my looking. And, uh, and, and then, then what happened after I did all my looking, you know, you look to the right, look to the left, all, all that I looked and, and, and I, I can't even tell you exactly what happened other than, I, I, I hit the gas to go forward. And the next thing you know, there's about seven or eight people standing right in front of the car. And where they came from, I, I, I don't know. And I slammed the brake and, and I still don't know how that car got stopped. I, I, I just don't know. I, it happened so fast. I don't know how that car got stopped. I should have mowed those people over. I, I mean, and you think of, yeah, you stop and think about what that would have done. I mean, just think about how that would have destroyed their lives. Just think about it. I would have hit seven or eight people, maybe killed some of them. It happened so fast. And, and I still don't know how that car got stopped. It shouldn't have got stopped. I should have mowed them over. I don't know how it got stopped. Diane doesn't know how it got stopped. She was sitting right side of me. And, but it, it stopped. I mean, just on a dime. And, and I hit the brake, but it shouldn't have, I should have hit them. And you think about it, could have killed them, could have killed, maimed them, crippled them, would have destroyed their lives, their loved ones' lives, you know, and, and our lives would never have been the same. But, you know, I think the angels helped me and protected them from me. So you think about that. The angels are there. Thank God they're there. They're there to protect us. And in some cases, they'll protect us from hurting others, which is just a good deal all the way around. But, uh, but we do not want to be ignorant of the angels uh, because we do not want to we don't want to neglect such a great salvation and be ignorant of their ministry and neglect that salvation. Uh, like I said, you know, uh, uh, this is a dangerous world to live in. It really, really, really is. As I said last week, I want to repeat it. You know as well as I do, people are getting shot in malls. They're getting shot in airports. They're getting shot in schools. They're getting shot in churches. They're getting shot at parades getting shot all over the place. And it's very sad what's going on here in the United States. It's very, very sad. Mass shootings just going on all the time. It's a dangerous place to live. And that's why we need to be aware of the ministry of angels. Now, having said that, we also need to do natural things because sometimes when I teach on, on the angels over the years, people will think, well, you know, we don't have to do anything in the natural realm. Uh, but, you know, we, it's, remember the one good minister said it's the natural realm and the spiritual realm coming together that make an explosive force for God. So, you know, uh, yes, I believe in the angels and I'm glad they're there to protect us. But you know what? I also have a burglar alarm on my house. You know, that's not a lack of faith. That's just being smart. You know, I mean, I mean, these these windows that you see around me in, in the background here. I mean, they're all bulletproof. I'm mean, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, like that, that you see that guy sitting out in that, that vehicle back behind me. I mean, I don't know who that is. It could be somebody in there with a gun. That's why you've got the bulletproof windows. But you also you also you all you also believe God and, 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 and trust God and, 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 you know, uh, be glad the angels are there to protect you, you know, <laughs> praise God. Anyway, so let's say some things here about angels. Uh, go to Psalm 148, Psalm 148, verse two, the Bible says, praise God, praise him, praise God, all his angels, praise him, all his hosts, praise him, sun, moon, uh, praise him, all ye stars of light, praise him, you heaven of heavens and waters above the heavens. Look at verse five, let them praise the name of the Lord for he commanded, it's talking about angels here now, he commanded and they were created. So you see all the angels from my study of it, the way I, the way I see it, it's pretty clear. God created all the angels at, at the same time. Angels don't procreate like human beings. There's no sexual interaction between angels. And now you can go to the Old Testament and see where angels apparently at one point back there in the book of Genesis, uh, you know, cohabitated with the daughters of men and it caused a big problem. I won't get, get into all that, but the angels do not 
there's no sexual interaction between the angels. They don't procreate like human beings. But the point here is, is that God, he spoke and uh, he commanded and they were created. As we go on in this study, perhaps next week, we're going to look and see how he created one of the most beautiful angels of all, Lucifer, and how God uh, uh, fashioned him and, and, and uh, 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 outfitted him and so on and so forth and gave him his musical abilities and all of that. Um, remember, God didn't create the devil as the devil. He created him as Lucifer. Iniquity was found in Lucifer. He became Satan, the devil. But nonetheless, God created him and all the other angels and he, he spoke and they were created. And, and there's a lot of them. Hebrews 12, 22 says that there is an innumerable company of angels. Now, innumerable, uh, that's from our standpoint. We, as human beings, we could never number the angels, but God knows exactly how many there are. Just like he knows exactly how many stars there are in, in, in his creation. Now, there's no way mankind could, could, uh, could number them. I don't know if you've been following the news, but there's been a new satellite or something's gone up there with a telescope and showing some things that, uh, some far, far away galaxies. I mean, it's fascinating, but God create, created all that. He knows all about it. And he, the Bible says he calls the stars by name. So he's not only got them numbered, he's got them named and the, all the angels, we can't number them, but God's got them all numbered. He has, they all have names and fascinating anyway. But as you study the subject of angels, you see there's different kinds of angels there's and, and I could go into the scripture and we could spend hours on and showing y'all the different scriptures on these but just for the sake of time just mention them you got the cherubim cherubim you know they uh, were mentioned in the in, in after Adam and Eve sinned and fell and they uh, you know guarded the way to the tree of life there in the garden of Eden and you see them in the bible and seraphim you see them in the bible and and uh uh um, you, you the, the prophets, I think, uh, I think it was Isaiah. I believe they, he saw the seraphim. John, when he was caught up to heaven, saw the seraphim, if I'm not mistaken. But you got the cherubim, the seraphim, and all of that. And, um, and then you got this angel known as Michael. Michael, now he's over the war department of heaven. Did you know heaven has a war department? Or a security department, call it whatever you want. But uh, but his name is Michael. He's known in the Bible as the Archangel, and uh, uh, he has he also has a special assignment to protect Israel. And then uh, heaven has a communication department, and Gabriel is over that department. And uh, and, and then uh, you have what's called in the Bible the heavenly host. And uh, they, I guess if they would be the ordinary angels, if there is such a thing as an ordinary angel, but, uh, uh, and there's angelic choirs and you see one of them showing up when Jesus was, was born and, and the, the shepherds heard them sing. And then of course you had the worship department of, of heaven and oh my goodness, you hadn't, you hadn't heard sing until you've heard heaven the, the inhabitants of heaven sing, the, the, the redeemed saints of God singing. My, 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 my. And, and, and the angelic choirs. And I, I mean, just worshiping God. And, and it's interesting, Lucifer was over that department until iniquity was found in him and he became Satan. And, uh, and, and then, of course, you see the, so much of the music on the earth is so corrupted and I believe the devil has his, his hand in that. And of course, we see in the scripture that Lucifer drew a third part of the, of the angelic host and, and they became known what is, uh, was known as fallen angels. I'll say more about this in a future session. And, uh, you got the fallen angels and then the demons. And, uh, in a future session, I'll tell you what I think the difference between the fallen angels and the demons are. But, uh, nonetheless, you just need to know that, uh, uh, see, a lot of folks are just unlearned concerning these things, but there's a war department of heaven or a security department. I mean, there, there really is. And, uh, <laughs> there's a communications department. There's a worship department. Absolutely. And, uh, uh, it's fascinating, yet most folk uh, don't don't realize it as they should. Uh, speaking of the of the of the war department of heaven, um, over which uh, Michael is the head of that, I already alluded to it in this message, but we see that with Elisha and his servant. Remember, talked about it just a moment ago. Went over it last week. How how when that young servant's eyes were opened, he saw the hills 
uh, full of chariots of fire. And, and I mean, that was, those are warring angels, man. I tell you what, absolutely. But, you know, let's go to the book of Joshua, the fifth chapter. Let's look at another instance of, 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 a, of the war department of heaven. Joshua, the fifth chapter, 13th verse, it came to pass. When Joshua, Joshua was by Jericho. Now, this is before Joshua and the children of Israel went up against Jericho. And, uh, and this is Joshua 5.13. It came to pass, Joshua was by Jericho. Then he lifted his eyes and looked. And behold, a man stood opposite him with his sword drawn in his hand. Now, you think about that. Joshua it faces this this great city that he's a massive city that he's going to have to to conquer it it, it was a big feat the 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 walls of jericho were massive and and uh the israelites were instructed by god to go in and take the land and this this jericho stood in its way and before he uh he, he, they went up against jericho joshua was essentially uh you know just uh, assessing the situation and there stood a man opposite him with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went to him and said to him, to this man, are you for us or for our adversaries? Now, you definitely want this individual to be for you, not against you. And uh, this individual says, uh, no, but as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and worshiped and said to him, what does my Lord say to his servant? Then the commander of the, of the Lord's army said to Joshua, take your sandals off your feet for, uh, for the place where you stand is holy. Joshua did so. Now, this angel here, and I think it's important to know that, that the second member of the Trinity, who is Jesus, he took on human form in the virgin's womb and became a man, and we understand that. But you need to realize the second member of the Trinity, who, who is the Lord Jesus Christ, in the Old Testament, there are times that he would appear, and the Bible would call him, uh, in, in some instances, the angel, capital A, capital A, angel of the Lord. Now, that doesn't mean that the second member of the Trinity is an angel because he is not an angel. He created all of the angels and he he is Jesus. We understand that, the, the virgin-born son of the living God. But in the Old Testament, before he took on human form, there's sometimes that he took on the form of an angel just temporarily, yet being the second member of the Trinity, completely God Absolutely. But there were sometimes he would take on human form and he would be uh, called the angel, capital A, of the Lord or the commander of the Lord's hosts. And uh, you need to realize Jesus is in charge of the angels. Absolutely. He created them and he's in charge of them. And he's the he's known as the captain of, of God's heavenly host. And he appeared here to Joshua and uh, and and. <laughs> When he appeared, I mean, I mean, it, it no doubt startled Joshua. And you see, we need to get an, we need to realize that angels, they're, they're, yes, there's worshiping angels, there's angels that handle communication, but there's warring angels. And I tell you what, you see them, I mean, you, you I mean, the way they're dressed, the way they're put together, I mean, you don't want to, I mean, you don't want to fool with them. I mean, they're, they, and, and I mean, the, the way the Lord appeared here, he had, he had his sword drawn and he meant business. And uh, long story short, Joshua, you know, was given instructions and the children of Israel came up against uh, against uh, the, the, the uh, city of Jericho and they did what the Lord said and they encompassed it once a day for six days. On the seventh day, they went around seven times and then they shouted glory to God. And I personally, my opinion, I think when they shouted the captain of the Lord's host, he probably he probably slapped that in the spirit realm. That's just what I think. He probably slapped that with that sword and that baby came down I mean and Jericho was defeated glory to God thank God for for the heavenly host and then another one I just these are some that we just never refer to much but I think it's good to look at but in 2nd Kings the 19th chapter and the 35th verse you see that the people of God and Jerusalem uh, there's a, a, an evil army coming against it led by Sennacherib and Sennacherib was no slouch I mean he was a he, he had a very formidable army and he was coming against Jerusalem 
But it's interesting, if you look at, we're talking about the War Department of Heaven here, uh, 2 Kings 19.35, it came to pass on a certain night that the angel of the Lord went out and killed in the camp of the Assyrians, that this was the evil army coming against the, the people of God, Sennacherib was the, the commander, and notice the angel of the Lord went out and, kill, and killed in the camp of the Assyrians 185,000, and when the people arose early in the morning, there were the corpses all dead. Now you think about that one angel of God wiped out 185,000 warriors in one night, and that's just one angel. Now you think about that. Now you think about that. You think about that. There's a war department of heaven. There's warring angels. And those angels are there and they're there to protect us as, as, as sons and daughters of God as we place our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And as I said earlier, they're working for us even before we get saved. We need to be aware that the angels are there and they're ministering spirits sent forth to minister on our behalf. And... uh some of them have swords in their hands, and, uh, and, and I tell you what, you don't want to fool with them and get crosswise with them, I'll tell you for sure. And uh, anyway, just thought I'd read that because, again, so many people just don't have a, the angelic world is so nebulous to them, but, but it's very real. And uh, uh, the armies of heaven, I guess I could say, it look, they look much like the armies that you would see. Uh, of, of great powerful armies here on the earth, only they're far more powerful and awesome. Uh, and they're very, very real. They have swords and weaponry and my, 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 my. And uh, there's more good ones than there are bad ones. A third of them fell, but two-thirds of them didn't. And so there's more good ones than bad ones. And uh, and I'm glad as Christians we're on the, on the side of the good ones or they're on our side, you know, as we serve the Lord Jesus Christ. Some other things about angels... Uh, I already said this, but I just want to read my list here. Uh, we already said that they don't, they don't marry or, or, or anything like that. We, we talked about that. Uh, in the Bible, they're always in the male gender. There's, they're always in the male gender. Now, a lot of times, you know, you'll see pictures of an angel and, and they're, they're female. But, uh, as I study the Bible, I, I always see them in the male gender. I mean, that's this, this, as I, as I've studied the Bible. Um, uh, and so on and so forth. As I already said, no procreation with angels, unlike human beings. There's no baby angels. They're, they're just, it, there is not, and they're not fat little babies with wings. Sometimes you'll see the way Hollywood portrays angels as little fat little babies with little harps, you know. And now angels do have harps, I'll tell you. For, I just, I, they do, and some of them do, and some of them play them. Glory to God. But, uh, uh, and other musical instruments, absolutely the other musical instrument, not just harps, but Hollywood will portray. Do you ever notice Hollywood portray? Because Hollywood is run by and large by the devil. You understand that. And so the way Hollywood will portray angels is fat little babies with wings, wimpy little creatures. And then the demons in demonic world is always portrayed as oh, awesome and scary. But I tell you what, I tell you what. You get into studying your Bible, you'll see that the angels, angels of God are awesome, powerful beings. And, uh, and, and, uh, the Bible talks about the devil when, when, when actually the devil is, is looked upon. Uh, people will say, is that the little worm that caused all the trouble? So you see, Hollywood portrays it just the opposite of the way it is. Absolutely. But, uh, that being said, uh, and, 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 and two, some angels, you study the Bible, some angels have wings and some don't. It, you know, again, look at you know, Wonderful Life. Do you ever see a Wonderful Life? Jimmy Stewart and all that's a great movie. Fantastic movie. But right at the end, you know, that guy comes on there as Clarence and he's trying to get his wings. And I don't see where in the Bible that every time a bell rings, an angel gets their wings. It's just not in the Bible. It's not biblical. It's not scriptural. And, and, and angels, they, they, you study into it. They don't look like Clarence. They, they sure, they surely don't, at least not what I've, what I've studied, you know, but see, that's the way, uh, Hollywood want, and the devil wants you to see an angel as a, just a, a, a little old man that doesn't have any, you know, just a bumbling little old man. But I tell you what, angels are not bumbling little old men. They're, they're powerful, awesome, awesome beings. And, uh, 
uh, a lot of times referred to as young young men, actually. And you can see that, you know, at the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ and whatnot. But they're powerful, powerful beings, not like not like Hollywood so often portrays them. And and here's another one. Christians, well, I want to pound the desk on this one. Christians do not become angels when they die and go to heaven. Now, I mean, that just irritates me when I hear people say that. You know, you, I've been to a lot of funerals over the years and you'll hear people that don't know anything about the word of God. They'll say, well, now, you know, God just needed another angel up in heaven and now God's taken them and, you know, they, I guess they've gotten their wings and, and, and they, they, they're in heaven now and they've be, you know, they're an angel now. Yeah, that's not, that's not scriptural. People don't become angels when they go to heaven. Absolutely not. Angels and humans, angel, angelic spirits and human spirits are two different classes of spirit beings and we don't become angels when we go to heaven. So if you've been thinking that, get that out of your thinking. That's not how it is at all. And, uh, but you do need to realize angels can appear as as, as men in the Bible, as human beings, as men in the Bible. Absolutely. And, and we see that. So, I mean, could an angel appear and look like Clarence? I, I guess, I guess they could. I wouldn't see why, the, why they wouldn't, but, 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 but <laughs> by and large, angels are powerful beings, but they can appear as men. And the Bible says in the book of Hebrews, be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels without being aware of it. And so we need to be be aware of that. A lot of people are ignorant of this. So we, you know, we need to be nice to everybody. We need to be nice to everybody just because we need to be nice to everybody. You know, when I was teaching school, I learned a trick to, to success, a trick to success. I learned a key to success. I was nicer to the janitor than I was to the principal that I worked for. I was nicer to the janitor than I was to the superintendent or the board members of the school district. Absolutely. Now, I was nice to them. Don't misunderstand me. But I was nicer to the janitors. Absolutely. You know what? I always had the cleanest room, too. <laughs> Glory to God. And I called the janitors, ma'am and sir. Again, I had the cleanest room. They took care of me. They sure did. But uh, but we need to be nice to everybody anyway. But we really need to be nice to people when we understand this verse that we could be dealing that in certain cases in our life. We could be dealing with an angel. So we we don't need to be forgetful to entertain strangers because thereby some have entertained angels unawares. Absolutely. Now, I do have to say this. I had a lady ask me years ago. She said, you know, I was driving down the road and there was a hitchhiker. Should I pick up the hitchhiker because it could be an angel? And I said this, don't <clears throat> do not do that. Don't do that. If if you're driving down the road and you see somebody hitchhiking and you have a, 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 a urging to help that person, if you really do have an urging, don't lady or anybody, don't pick up a hitchhiker. Just don't do it. You never know who's getting in that car with you. Don't do it. If you feel an urge to help a hitchhiker, you really have an urge, you go you go up to wherever, take your cell phone now. Take your cell phone and call them a cab. Okay? But don't, don't let somebody in the car with you that you don't know. And I tell you this, I don't think the angels of God would ever cause us to put ourselves into a position where we might be in danger. So I don't know, that might just help somebody out there. But but we need to be nice to everybody. You never know, you could be being nice to an angel. And uh, I remember I was with a, a fellow that I helped uh, in ministry as I got my start in ministry years ago. We were at the church after service. And uh, and and everybody had left. It was Wednesday night, it was late, and, and everybody had left. And... and uh, uh, all of a sudden, there were these two people standing in the sanctuary, uh, standing in the sanctuary, and uh, these two uh, two men, and uh, and they they we don't know where they came from, but everybody else had left. Pastor was in his office, and I was locking everything up, and I walked out, and there they were. And so, long story short, they wanted they needed some help, and so Pastor felt in, impressed that that Pastor felt impressed to help him. So we took I don't know we gave him so gave him some money and whatnot. Uh, 20 bucks or whatever. And, uh, but anyway, they had left the pastor's office and I heard him walk across the sanctuary out to the, to the door. And the pastor, he, he said something to me that he, he needed to ask him a question or something. And this is what happened. I mean, I, I, they had walked out of his office. I heard him walking across the, it was late at night, walking across the sanctuary, uh, towards the, the exit door. And, uh, and, and they had just a little bit of a head start on me. And, and, and so I leave his office and I go, you know, jogging out after him and, and I, I saw him go out the door. I saw the door shut 
And I mean, I was right on their tails. And I mean, I went out that door right on their tail. I mean, they couldn't just a couple of seconds and I stepped and they were gone. I mean, they were gone. There's no, there's no, what? Feel the hair on the back of my neck. There's no way I was there. There's no way they could have been gone that quick. And they were gone. I mean, you now it could have been angels there that we entertained unawares. Now, anyway, food for thought. But uh, be that as it may, um, you need to know this about the holy angels of God. They will not accept worship from human beings. They will not do it. And I could teach a whole lesson on that. See, the devil, now he's a fallen angel. He wants humanity to worship him. But holy angels of God will not accept uh, worship of mankind. They will not. Um, that's why back there, you know, Joshua, we read it just a moment ago. He fell down to worship that angel. Well, that angel was the second member of the Trinity making an angelic appearance. I already explained it to you, but he received the worship. That proves to me it was it was the Lord Jesus, you know, in the Old Testament making an appearance. But but you look at it, you look in the in the New Testament, there's times where John, in the book of Revelation, he wanted to bow down and worship the angel and it wasn't the Lord. It was just another angel and the angel said, get up, don't worship me, worship Jesus, you see. So uh, 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 holy angels will not accept uh, uh, worship from human beings. And uh, you need to realize that angels can bring blessings from God. They can also bring God's judgment. Uh, they can bring uh, a message from the Lord and even direction at times. But their, their, their message and direction will never violate the holy written word of God. So, so if <laughs> you have an angel appear to you and, and give you a message that doesn't line up with the holy written word of God, then it wasn't an angel sent from God, that's for sure. And, uh, you know, cults have been started that way. Absolutely. I think if you study into the Mormons, you, you might see, see something along those lines. And, uh, no, no, no. If an angel of God appears, the message they bring will line up with the Word of God. It will not contradict the Word of God, and it will also not contradict what the Holy Spirit's been saying to you on the inside of you either. So those are just safeguards. But uh, they can bring a message from the Lord. You see that? Uh, remember Zachar uh, Zachariah, uh, Zacharias, remember, with the birth of John the Baptist? Uh, an angel came and announced that to him. And then, of course, with uh, the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, the angel appeared to uh, Mary and uh, I believe it was Gabriel and Joseph in a dream. Angels can appear in dreams. Absolutely. That's the way uh, they communicated uh, with Joseph. Now, now, Mary wasn't having a dream when Gabriel, I believe it was Gabriel, appeared to her uh, talking about the, the coming of the, uh, of the Lord and her being the chosen vessel that he wanted to uh, uh, come through, you know. But uh, 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 Joseph was ministered to in a dream. And, uh, but, but angels can bring, bring, uh, angelic, uh, can, angels can bring messages from the Lord. Absolutely. But, uh, and, and you know what I think about, and this doesn't get looked at very much, but look at Judges, the 13th chapter, Judges 13, verse 6. This is Samson's parents. They had an angelic appearance. Actually, this one was the Lord making, he was appearing as an angel. He appeared as an angel to Samson's parents and he appeared, uh, they, they, you know, appeared to uh, Samson's mom and so forth. And then eventually to, to, uh, Samson's mom and dad. Remember, she was barren and they wanted a child and so on and so forth. But so the woman came, this was on the second appearance, I believe. The angel appeared to her and then appeared to her a second time. But just look at this. The woman came and told her husband saying, a man of God came to me. In his, oh, oh, here's why I wanted to read verse six, because angels, look at this. This, I think this was the first appearance, uh, that when, when the angel appeared to, and this was, uh, this was the second member of the Trinity appearing as an angel is fascinating, appears to her. And after she saw him, she comes to her husband and says, a man of God came to me and his countenance was like the countenance of the angel of God. Very awesome. See, that's what angels are. They're awesome beings, not little fat little babies with wings, but awesome beings. He said, she said, but I did not ask him where he was from. Did not, he didn't tell me his name. And then, and then later on, the angel appeared a second time. You can read it all in Judges 13, but I wanted to get to verse 20. After the angel, they had, you know, had interaction with Samson's parents. Look how the angel, this angel, who was, in this case, the, the Lord himself, look at how he made his exit. Now, look at this. Watch this. It happened as the, as the flame, because they were there and they'd offered sacrifice and whatnot, and there was a, a flame of fire there on the, uh, there, there in, the, in the place they were. And it happened as the flame went up toward heaven from the altar, the angel of the Lord ascended in the flame. Now, you think about that. You think about that. 
The Bible says he makes his angels flames of fire. Glory to God. We're talking about there's an angelic world out there and we need to be aware of it. And, but, but this, he went up, he went up in the flame. He went up, just went up in the fire. I mean, fantastic. This is awesome. And, uh, it says when, uh, Samson's mom and dad saw, they fell on their faces to the ground. Well, I guess so. I mean, you think about an, uh, an angel standing there and then just jumping in the fire and, and just ascending up to heaven. My goodness gracious sakes. So you see angels, much angelic activity in the Bible. And, uh, you see angelic activity around the Jesus' birth, around his resurrection. You see Philip, uh, he was in the midst of a revival there in Samaria and an angel appeared to him and said, go out, you know, and essentially sent him out to minister to one man. <laughs> Interesting. And then Paul, remember the apostle Paul, when he was about to be shipwrecked, that angel of the Lord stood, stood with him and strengthened him. And my goodness, thank God, angels will strengthen you and help you and thank God for the angels. But I want to close, go with me to Acts the 12th chapter. Let's close in Acts the 12th chapter. Uh, I think this is an interesting place to close. Just some things here about angels. I hope it's, it's wetting your appetite to learn more about them. And, and I hope you're becoming more aware of them as a result of this teaching here. But look in Acts, the 12th chapter. Let's read several verses here as I close. Now, at, the, at that time, Herod the king stretched out his hand to harass some of the church. Acts 12.1. And he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. And because he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to seize Peter also. Now, and it tells what time it was, the days of unleavened bread. So when he heard, so when he had arrested him, he put Peter in prison and delivered him to the four squads of soldiers to keep him, intending to bring him before the people after Passover. Verse 5. Peter was kept in prison, but now watch this. Remember how I said that there's things we can do to get the angels um, to, I don't know how else to say it, but more to get them to activate them. I don't know if that's the right way to say it, but I mean, I know they're active anyway, but there's things you can do, I think, to get the angels, uh, uh, you know, to get them to, to get them, uh, say more active, but there's things, there are just things you can do. There really are some things you can do. And, uh, this is one of them. Watch how the, this angel was activated. Watch this. Peter was therefore kept in prison. Uh, the Bible says that the angels of God hearken to the word of the Lord. So one of the things that you can do to be sure the angels are active is you can declare the word of God. Now I tell you what, I did that over my mother for years. I, I declared the word of God over my mom and I charged the angels of God, you know, very reverently and respectfully to keep my mom safe. And I tell you what, she lived her life out to the full. I tell you what, I could go in and tell you some things that she, she probably shouldn't have, but I, I'll say this, the angels of God, uh, looked after. I tell you, whenever my wife leaves the house, just about every time, I declare the word of God over her to keep her safe and went, and I do it with myself quite a bit. But I declare the word of God. No weapon formed against us shall prosper and so forth. And just declare the word of God. The Bible says the angels of God hearken to the word of God. Declare the word of God over your situation and watch the angels of God go into operation. Absolutely. 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 And here's, so you can declare the word of God to get the angels activated. And here, now I'm not saying they're not active anyway, but you understand. And here a constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. Now it's interesting we're going to see Peter's released because of this constant prayer, but James just got put to death. And I don't see where the church was praying for him. So what could we conclude? Now, I'm not being dogmatic about this, but we could conclude that if James had got the same kind of prayer that Peter had gotten, maybe James wouldn't have got put to death. Now, that's just my thought on it, just something to think about. But constant prayer, verse 5, was offered to God for Peter by the church. And when Herod was about to bring him out, that night Peter was sleeping, bound with two chains between two soldiers, and the guards before the door were keeping the prison. Now behold, an angel of the Lord stood by him, a light shone in the prison, and struck Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, now look what the angel said, Arise quickly. Now you think about that. Peter's in prison. They're praying. Church is praying. And, and here comes the angel. Glory to God. And, uh, and, and angel Lord st stands by him and, and a light, sh light, 
light comes, he struck, he slapped Peter on the side to get up. And he arose quickly, his chains fell off his hands. And you, we need to see how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation. Then the angel said to him, gird yourself and, and tie on your sandals. And he did. And he said to him, put your garments, uh, put on your garments, follow me. So he went out and followed him. Peter did and did not know that what was done by the angel was real, but he thought he was seeing a vision. Now, when they were past the first and second guard posts, they came to the iron gate that leads to the city, which opened to them of its own accord. Now, you think about that. You talk about the power of God and the angels of God in operation. And that, that baby, I mean, it just swung open of its own accord. I mean, there may have been another angel over there that Peter couldn't see that was opening that baby up. I tell you what. Glory to God. How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? And the church is praying and, and here comes the angel and, and Peter's on his way out of prison and they went out and went down the street, one street and immediately the angel departed from him. And when Peter had come to himself, he said, now I know for certain that the Lord has sent his angel and has delivered me from the hand of Herod. Glory to God. Can you say amen? I don't, I can say amen to that. Praise God. Now it's interesting. See, so, so the angels of God ministered here as a result of prayer. I think it's clear. And Peter got out of prison. Isn't that wonderful? And, uh, but now let's, let's finish this up. Notice what happens to Herod. Verse 20. Now Herod, uh, uh, now Herod had been very angry with the people of Tyre and Sidon, but they came to him with one accord and having made Blastus the king, uh, I'm glad I'm not named Blastus. Blastus, the king's personal aide, their friend, and so on. They asked for peace because their country was supplied with food and so on. So on a set day, Herod arrayed in royal apparel, sat on his throne and gave an or oration. He gave him a speech to them. And, they, and the people kept shouting, the voice of God and not a man. Oh, my gosh. Now, Herod should have said, no, 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 I'm just a man. I'm not God. I'm not a God. I'm not a God. I'm just a man. He didn't do that. He received the worship of the people. And watch what happened. Then immediately an angel of the Lord struck him because he did not give glory to God. And he was eaten by worms and died. Now, you think about that. So the angels of God are there for blessing, but they can also bring judgment. Well, I tell you, I'll, I, I, I want to say this to you. Thank God for the angels. I'll close with a story that happened to me. Uh, and then we'll pick up here next time and say more about angels and uh, probably get into Lucifer and his fall and, and look at that. But, but I want to close with a story. Many years ago, back when I was probably about, I don't know, probably about 20 years old, 21, I don't know, somewhere in there, 19, 20, 21 uh, I, I, uh, I was going to University of Missouri, St. Louis studying to get my mathematics degree to become a, a math teacher. And I was serving the Lord. I was excited about the things of God, reading my Bible almost daily, studying it and praying regularly. And it was just excited about the things of God. And, uh, and, and I remember I walked up, I walked up to this ice cream stand and there was a girl there. Uh, given, uh, working, working there. And I don't know, something hit me. And, uh, I, I became enamored with her. And, uh, I, I didn't know my wife yet. Hadn't met her yet. And, uh, uh, never had a girlfriend ever in my life up to that time. And, and anyway, long story short, um, won't go into all the details. There was never anything sexual between me and this girl. I've never had sexual relations with anybody until after I was married with my, my wife of 33 years. But, uh, but there was never, no sexual stuff going on. But I became enamored with this, this person. Long story short, uh, she needed a ride to University of Missouri, so her and I started riding together. Do you know the devil can bring people into your life to distract you and get you off course? And so I had, she started riding with me and we rode to school. And I, I had been listening to gospel music and next thing you know, long story short, I'm listening to K-She in my car. That, <laughs> some bad stuff on there. But I'm listening to that. I stopped reading my Bible. I stopped studying as I should. I stopped really going to church as I should. And I was, I was doing my studies at school, but I was enamored with this, with this, with this individual. And, uh, and I suppose she was nice enough. She just wasn't the girl for me. But, <laughs> Uh, uh, but, uh, be that as it may, I got terribly distracted and I was going down the wrong road. I was getting pulled away from the things of God. And, uh, 
so anyway, uh, said all that to say this, talking about the ministry of angels. And you can believe it or not. It doesn't matter to me. It's just what happened to me. Now, I went into a church service one evening. And uh, I, I, I knew I, I'd gotten away. Now, I hadn't lost my salvation. But I tell you what, I was definitely out of, uh, out of fellowship with the Lord. And I go into this church service. And this service had already started. And I, and I came in. I was just, just a little bit late. And I, I snuck in the back and I'm standing on the back row and the pastor who I didn't know that well at the time, I didn't know the pastor that well at all. I'd met him a couple of times, didn't know him that well. And he knew nothing, could have known nothing about what was going on in my life. But I come in there and I'm standing in the back and he starts looking, you know, like, like doing that, you know, just. You know, and, and it was right at me. And, you know, I don't know, there was probably about about 50 or 60 people there. And But I'm in the back row and he, he keeps over in my direction, like, you know, like kind of rubbing his eyes and going like that. And so I'm thinking, you know, and I'm starting, <laughs> I'm starting, you know, wondering. But and, and other people were worshiping God. And, and, you know, I guess I'm the only one that noticed it. And anyway, after the worship was over. He, uh, he said, he said, brother Terry, he, he knew my name, but didn't know, like I said, didn't know, know, didn't know him that well, didn't know anything, knew nothing what was going on in my life. He said, uh, he said, could I, could I have a word with you after the service? So, oh, well, I said, well, surely, surely. And so, uh, service, you know, about 45, 50 minutes later, he gets done preaching and everyone's dismissed and he takes, you know. I guess I, everyone had dispersed and I came up and, and, uh, and, and, and I, up there on, right in front of the pulpit, he, there's nobody else around. He said, he said, he said, brother, are you okay? And I said, well, yeah, I, I, I think so. And he said, uh, I, I said, yeah, I, I, he said, well, he said, you probably want to know what, 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 why I want to talk to you. And I said, yeah, yeah, I do. And, uh, he said, he said, when you came in, he said, once you got, got in front of your chair, he said, I happened to look back there and he said, there was this big angel, big guy, big, awesome looking, glory to God, this big guy standing up over, standing right behind you. <clears throat> big guy, big angel of the Lord, angel of God. And he said, I'd never seen anything like that before. He said, he said, he said, I'd never seen that. He said, that's why I, he said I was doing what I was doing. He said, I'd never seen nothing like that before. He says, a big, mighty. He said, it was an angel of God. Now, this is, this is a legitimate man of God now. He's a, this is a, he was a mighty angel of the Lord. And he said, he said, I'd never seen anything like that. And he said, and, 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 and he was weeping. <laughs> he was weeping. He said, do you have any idea why, why that angel would be standing over you weeping? Uh, I knew right on the inside. I knew, I knew, I knew right exactly what it was. It was because I'd gotten away from the things of God. I'd got pulled off in the wrong direction. I knew exactly why that angel was there, was there weeping. And I tell you what, then somebody will come in and say, well, angels don't, some people argue that angels are emotionless and they don't have, they would never smile or, or weep or, well, you study your Bible and angels get happy and they get, they, they're, they're, you can see anger, you can see, I mean, don't give me that. Angels have emotion, there's no question about it. But I knew why that angel was weeping. The angel was weeping because I got off track. And, and, and God allowed that minister to see that angel. And it got my attention. It sure did. And I got my life straightened, straightened back up. And it took me a while to break that, that, that soul tie that I had with that girl. But I got out of it, praise God. Glory to God. And I got my life straightened back up. And when I did, there was another pretty, prettier, prettier, not even close, prettier young, young thing came along. And I'm married to her today. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And she's a woman of God and she's made my life stronger. You get hooked up with the right people. They'll make your life stronger for the Lord, not weaker. The right people in your life will bring you closer to God, not further away. How can you know if that person in your life is, 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 is there at the hand of God? Are they strengthening you? Are they making you better for God? 
Well, if they are, they're sent by God. And if they're not, you need to take another look at it. They're not sent by God. And you may need to give them an exit. I don't know. Maybe that helped help, exit them out of your life. Maybe that helps somebody. I don't know. But thank God the angel that God allowed that minister to see that angel. And it got me back. It got me straightened up. Thank God. Well, I hope you got something out of this. Angels are real. And, um, and we'll pick up next time. Well, praise God. If you're out there and you don't know Jesus, I want to invite you to repent of your sins. Receive Jesus Christ as your Savior. You'll miss hell one day. You'll make heaven. And he'll make your life uh, worth living in the meantime. Hope you're enjoying this. We'll be back next week and we'll pick up with this series. And I think it's just going to get better and better as we go. It's already good.